Tonight on the Flophouse, we talk about prom night, the stabbingest night in a young girl's life. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Yay! We're, we're all back. back together at the same time. The original Peaches, except not because I, I was not original. I'd cross oceans of time for you guys. Oh wow! Thanks, buddy. It's very nice. That is. Sweet. I got that from a movie, though. What movie? Uh, I think Last of the Mohicans. Hmm. Well, Stuart, where have you been? Uh, I don't know, around, uh, away on work, uh, vacationing, uh, in California. Mm. I hear that that's a bright and sunny place. You've been Californicationing. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a show and a song. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, w- I went to In-N-Out Burger a couple times, that was good, but, uh, mm. then I saw Michael Sarah on the street who looks like a turtle. Uh, like a baby turtle. Everyone yeah, not like, yeah, not like, like a different type of turtle. Explain for Dan and the audience at home. Why Michael Sarah looks like a different kind of turtle than Fisher Stevens? It's hard to explain. There's something a little more sinister about the Fisher Stevens turtle. Uh, he'd be the evil turtle uncle in the Turtle King uh, Disney cartoon, <laughs> whereas Michael Sarah would be our hero, who's uh, just a baby turtle. All right, Turtleo or something like that. Yeah, Shelly or something. Shelly, I think that's a good one. Hey, Sheldon. Hey, dudes. Okay, what's up? I got news. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Lay it on us. It's October. Shocktober. Okay. Shocktober here at the Flophouse. That means we're watching only horror movies for the whole two episodes of the Flophouse. Oh, no. So, what are we starting? So, we uh, starting so Octo- tonight. October <laughs> Wait is, a minute. October is much like the first 12 episodes of the Flophouse. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe we like certain types of movies better. Uh, okay, but... I'm to blame, if anybody. Yeah? No, there's no... I like horror movies. Even, even, even good ones. <laughs> well what did we watch tonight though was it good uh well i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it was called prom night dan hmm. and it prom was, night dan no it was the movie it was called prom night uh, and i was addressing dan oh, now prom night is uh a remake of another movie called prom night i think um although i don't i think jamie lee curtis was in it is that the one with the, yeah, the like jamie. the zombie guy on the motorcycle with flames and shit or is no. that prom no, you're night of ghost rider no Okay, nice. Uh, I am thinking of Ghost Rider, actually. Prom Night was a 1980 uh, film. It was made in Canada, and it looks it. And uh, it has Leslie Nielsen playing Jamie Lee Curtis's dad back before he only made uh, comedy spoof Before films. the career-defining hits Spy Hard and 2001 A Space Travesty. Right. And, and Mafia, right? And um, He wasn't in that, though. No. It was, it was one of Jamie Moore Lee Curtis's movie. Scream Queen films along with halloween halloween 2 terror train trading places <laughs> yeah, sure true lies carpool i've uh, seen movies with her freaky in it. friday terrifying freaky friday blue steel but um the movies are nothing alike i mean the thing about briefly prom night is a movie about um some ex- wait, wait which which one the original one okay. i'm already confused <laughs> a kid dies at the beginning of the movie that's weird and then um when they're teenagers 
all the kids sort of responsible for that kid dying get picked off one by one. So it's like Friday the 13th. Yeah. Or, but well, at Friday, a prom instead of a summer camp. And the Friday the 13th isn't like the kids who did it are No, killed. that's true. It's just kids it, who are acting out the same ethos and lack of care. It's right. kind of like uh, Final Destination. Yeah. But, <laughs> but instead of uh, a d- death trying to kill people for avoiding some crazy death thing, it's, I don't know, a revenge thing. But the weird thing about the original Prom Night is it's one of these movies where Okay, at the beginning, the accidental death of this child is witnessed by her brother, and you're like, oh, okay, um, the brother's probably the killer. But surely, there'll be a twist in this movie. We'll think it's the brother, but it'll be someone else. Maybe it'll be Leslie Nielsen, in fact. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the film, uh, the, the killer gets unma- unmasked, and holy shit, it's the brother. As if that was going to be a surprise to us. Yeah, it was pretty crappy, if I recall. Yeah, and also there was a... Um, 15 minute segment towards the end where everyone disco dances. <laughs> it, that was called Pad Night. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, I mean, we have to face that it. That has nothing to do with the updated prom. I think we can all agree there. Like the best horror movie that involves a prom that can be made has been made, and that was Carrie, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's a like it's such a strong movie in terms of a teen story, and then also a strong movie in terms of people getting you know all bloody at the end. And John Travolta kills a pig in it. Like you're not going to top that, I don't think. It, it's right. it's challenging. There's also I mean, the Chud the, to Bud the Chud, which ends with a zombie prom. <laughs> so yeah, they're prompies. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But the uh, and of course, Teen Wolf has. No, I don't know if it's a prom or just a. Dance. And Teen Wolf is definitely a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> about a ravening teenage wolf. <laughs> it's, a, it's the story about. A werewolf who plays basketball. I don't know what the problem is. No, it's terrifying. I would like to see a movie. It wasn't even a werewolf. It was just like, oh, this this wolf is thirteen. <laughs> Imagine being on the basketball court with that team. Well, that's well, I mean, that's that's kind of ginger snaps a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's true. But like, genuinely imagine if you had to play basketball against a werewolf, you'd be fucking frightened. <laughs> well, we've talked about this before. I think how it's amazing that the other teams. Continued to play against the werewolf team, and that the story never got out to the to the yeah, press. Well, no, because werewolf is one story, but basketball playing werewolf is a bigger story. Yeah, uh, it's pretty also, open. I would imagine that that um, season just looked like a series of forfeits. <laughs> <laughs> forfeit, forfeit, forfeit. Yeah, okay. another winning game, another winning season. Yeah. Anyway, but the real prom night, not the real. The prom werewolf night, is the graduating. <laughs> Our basketball team is going to go downhill fast. <laughs> Quick. Glue these carpet samples on. <laughs> we'll tell them we have a new werewolf on the team. Yeah. Teen Wolf 3, not a wolf. Um, but anyway, the prom night we watched tonight was a the 2007 prom night, I guess. Was it released? Or was it released early this year? It might even be 2008. Maybe it'd be like a really February know. graveyard release where they just dump everything. I think it was just before the end of the year because they were probably trying to get it into consideration for the Oscars. <laughs> that makes sense. I would have assumed that they would release it around like June or May when proms are happening, or or around Halloween uh, when, when scary people, things yeah. happen. <laughs> when when uh, when death stalks the silver screen, <laughs> and for one glorious night, people go crazy and start worshiping monsters and death. Yeah, but I think that they released it in March when shitty things happen. I think that was the <laughs> theme that they were capitalizing yeah. on. If it's March, shitty things. It's either prom night comes out or Julius Caesar gets assassinated. <laughs> it is a crappy month. 
Oh, but God, this movie did not skimp on the prom, though. That's one thing. It skimped, on, it skimped on the plot, the character development, the gore, and the excitement, but there was a ton of prom. Yeah, this movie is uh, slightly less than 90 minutes. Yeah. Probably 88 minutes. Um, <laughs> and it's slightly, slightly less than a satisfying experience. And 10 minutes into the movie, they arrive at prom. Yep. You and would what figure, a prom. <laughs> and, yeah, and the prom itself is insane. It looks like... The set of MTV's The Grind, I guess. But most movies, most horror movies, where like it's based around an event, there's a build to the event. Like the event, yeah, happens yeah. You like meet the characters forty minutes in. Well, the going movie. back to Carrie, the prom happens like an hour and a half right. into the film. Like it's the it's the climax of the movie. Basically, what happens is at the beginning, there's one of those horror movie beginnings when like one or two killings get get out of the way right up front. So, like, <laughs> we gotta we gotta fill a quota. You know, like maybe people think that they're in the wrong film if someone doesn't get killed immediately, and they're gonna walk out of the theater. So, like this girl's family gets killed, including which, including including a little kid, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, although altogether very bloodless. Yeah, yeah. They get they're stabbed to death, but it's kind of like they're stabbed to death with like a knife that sprays out an invisible ink that covers up blood, like DD7 yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, or maybe it's just like a, like a poison ice pick. They're like, here's a really small entry wound, and they <laughs> die, and that's it. Because uh, like, this entire movie labors under the belief that the human body actually doesn't have very much blood, and to cause a lethal wound to somebody, it doesn't actually involve very much blood at the all. The human like, body holds like a cup of blood, Yeah, the, the, In general, the people that are killed in this movie are killed from like internal wounds that you can't really <laughs> tell. You're like, why did that guy die? That's not very much well, they're blood. All, I imagine they're all hemophiliacs, and the blood is all... Yeah, they're all bleeding internally. And also, the killer is like a fucking samurai, because every time he kills somebody, there's not a single drop of blood on them. He can or move, on the ground. He can move without making a noise. He can travel through mirrors and shadows. Uh, and he's good at everything. It helps that every, we'll get to this, I guess. But every other You're character in the movie a is much incompetent. More exciting killer than that actually. I was. know. When in, the, in this case, through mirrors and shadows, he's just kind of an emotionless guy who appears behind people and then kills them. Yeah, but all right. So he's a teacher. He's obsessed with this girl. He the, kills her family. Kills her family because he loves her and he wants to take her away. Right. She's put away. Then we flash forward into the future. Three years. And, not yeah. like the far future. Yeah, she hasn't changed. She yet. doesn't go to a space prom. Much like it's in not, the Bratz movie. It's not Logan's run. <laughs> yes. And much like in the Bratz movie, she looks exactly the same. Yeah. Three years in the future. and um, she's, she's gone from about probably the age of 14 to 17, let's say, and she looks exactly the same. Not a time when people change. Yeah. And ten minutes into the movie, we are um, in a limo going to prom. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's all the setup you need. She probably likes the same rock bands as she used to. <laughs> yes. And the killer the killer is this teacher who's obsessed with her. And that's one thing that this does share with the original prom night is that there is no mystery as to who's killing. You're like, oh, this guy's killing. She'll probably think that um, he's back later on, but it's going to turn out to be someone else. Like That's just going to be a red herring. No, it's the same guy. Although, I mean, they play it straight. They don't try to make it a mystery. He's... Yeah. I know, but it's, it's the most boring... Okay, this is a teacher who's obsessed with her, and thus that means he kills people. Just wait, 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 Just wait, because wait. that information is thrown out to us in a conversation between two policemen who we have not seen before <laughs> and can't do their jobs properly, and then more exposition is piled on top of it, you're saying it's not exciting or dramatically <laughs> interesting? I don't... Wait, wait, wait. Maybe I didn't follow the movie very correctly. Uh, the killer didn't have a beard, but the teacher had a beard. Here's here's another problem. So the teacher was captured, put in a mental hospital, and then I guess they shaved his beard and his head because of the, of the yeah. lice problems. Let's, 
let's but, make it clear that the the killer initially looked like Charles looks like Manson. Charles Manson. Or, this is a or, high school teacher. Or Jim Caviezel in like Passion of the Christ. Yeah, like yeah. everybody's high school teacher. But he looks like a like, crazy yeah, bomb like killer. <laughs> like everybody, yeah, like everybody's high school gym teacher or science teacher. He looks like he crawled out from under the boardwalk and then <laughs> got to class, taught you, and then went to a crack house. <laughs> and then hung out with Brian Wilson and killed a bunch of people. <laughs> but the, he so but in the he go he gets into a men's hospital, they shave off his crazy hair and beard, and he escapes looking, you know, like a shorn person. But the cops, the picture they're working off of is still his mugshot from three years ago with the hair and the beard, and every time they show it to people they're like, No, haven't seen this guy. Mm-mm. Yeah. Haven't seen that guy wearing the ski mask and the and the, the cowboy hat. Yeah, I was saying that I wanted like there's a point at which one of the teens like sees and is like, There's something about that guy that rings a bell. And I wanted a scene where she she somehow Wait, gets was like that Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> I just one more thing. <laughs> uh, but like I wanted a scene where she somehow got a hold of a photo of the guy and then she like drew like a beard on him and a mustache. I'm like, holy shit! Is like or like some like novelty like mustache and beard sticker like got put on that. <laughs> yeah, actually, the picture actually falls into a. Uh, into a woolly willy magnet and metal <laughs> yeah. shavings toy or, and she arranges the beer around it or she's standing across a, a crowded room from the guy the guy turns toward her and somebody else hands like a phony beard and mustache <laughs> to a friend across her line of vision <laughs> she's she's behind a plate for a glass moment, window for a moment some joker's like look what happens when i draw it looks like that guy's a mustache and a beard <laughs> Wait a minute. He yeah. en- he enters a Manson lookalike contest and puts on a fake beard. <laughs> has there ever been a has there ever been a joke in a TV show where there's a where there's a police sketch artist using a woolly willy to put together sketches of criminals? I think so. Oh, that sounds yeah. like that's it. a funny I, joke. Sounds like a Family Guy joke. Yeah, you're right. Now I hate it. <laughs> Burn. But she goes to prom. Killer gets there and takes his sweet time murdering about eight or nine people. Yeah, I bet that she has some really like unique and interesting friends, Elliot. I bet that there's like a well. Let me tell you about these exciting friends that we meet right away. There's her black friend and her white friend, and each of them has a boyfriend, and she has a boyfriend too. Huh. So, do they have any hobbies or? Uh, Well, the one couple the one couple wants to have sex, and the other couple the the boyfriend's mad because the girlfriend is going to school far away from him. Yeah, that seems to be one of their interests, Dan. They they're interested in talking about what's going to happen in the future. And the main couple talks about how great their relationship is and how much they love each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's two hobbies: loving each other and (laughs) being interested in the future. All right. To be fair, I guess that they do have some characteristics. One of the yeah, one's black, the other two are white. A lot. Yeah, yeah. The one guy drinks a lot, and then the like the, the the black guy wants to um, propose to his girlfriend. Yeah, we found Although that that's out. a throwaway moment, even they though they're like in high school, and, and there's uh, no foreshadowing for that. Like, yeah. so they seem like they kind of got thrown together in a couple because they're the only two black students in the class. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why he wants to marry her because he doesn't realize there's other <laughs> black females outside of the town of Bridgeport in which ta- this takes place. Yeah, Bridgeport, the town of one amazing hotel and nothing else. One astounding hotel that's like a hundred thousand stories tall and every room is a suite with you know expensive furnishings 
and the prom has giant searchlights outside and a huge ballroom with a giant screen, and they're on a glowing platform floor. And well, the, I mean, well, in, they sold a lot of band candy. And <laughs> and yet, there's like five cops in the town, and they're all fucking sucky at their job. Well, that's all the funding in the town goes directly to the hotel. And the thing is, Elliot, <laughs> this hotel gets a lot of subsidies from the town government. The, uh, there's see, there's an interesting story in there that the mayor owns the hotel. He's been embezzling all this money from the town to the hotel. To, the hotel is going bankrupt. They can't even finish construction on it. Remember, because yeah, she absolutely. runs into that part that's not finished and it's yet. Filled with doves. <laughs> yeah, it's filled with doves. Yeah, it's and then like the story with like there were a lot of side characters that could have been more interesting. There was a lesbian gym teacher yep. who was the only chaperone at the prom. There's this imaginary mayor we haven't gotten into. Sure. There's two policemen who are named Hicks and Stryker <laughs> that, that only briefly appear. But I wish the movie was about them. Yeah. Like why Stryker decided to go into the the like Bridgeport Police Force instead of the Special Forces. He, Maybe he was in the Special Forces or the French Foreign Legion. And for some reason, either had to leave or he chose to leave. Absolutely, he he saw one too many alien killings, and like <laughs> he just had to get out of that line of work. And Hicks is either like a goofball or a real dedicated cop who respects the other guy's co- covert training, but at the same time, he's envious of it. So sure. he, he so he disrespects well, him. He tries to one up him. Yeah. This is a movie you could make, Elliot, like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of, <laughs> of Prom Night. night? Oh, like, that sounds good. Hey, Prom Night is so great, but there's a whole story about these two minor characters. What about it's, them? It's like uh, Family Matters to Perfect Strangers, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Now, the whole thing about the prom is like in the featurette, the making of featurette we just watched, it explains how like the prom in this movie is like everybody else's prom, like times 10 it's like a it's fantasy prom just just like how the teacher's beard was like your high school teacher's beard <laughs> bigger <laughs> absolutely like to the next level that's how i view the teacher's beard and hair okay that makes sense every well it's it's interesting because it's they made it sound like it was supposed to be a very over the top like purposely exaggerated movie but you never get that feeling watching the movie it just feels like a, well it just feels unrealistic and it's yeah. just like the, like the it doesn't feel it doesn't feel fellini-esque yeah, you know or anything. Moulin rouge or something yeah it's the ages of the students like the ages of the students at your prom <laughs> plus 10 roughly. well for instance the main character's uh boyfriend played by uh jason street of friday night lights <laughs> absolutely i don't know what that actor's name is but we'll call him jason street I, did he go to that high school i think you said he was like the son of a like a landscaper no or? that was my explanation oh, for why okay. a, a guy that old was dating a high that school yeah, he's, the thing. he's clearly like 28 30 32 47, the, 60, yeah. 65. He's, he's listening to his agent. He believes he can still play, what, 17, 18? <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been told I can play anywhere from 17 to 32. No, so you should That's a pretty good those. range. He sells it better on Friday Night Lights. I don't know whether it's the wheelchair or yeah, what. Yeah, it's because he's paralyzed. Paralyzed people have old they faces. They younger. <laughs> They've been uh, through a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so yeah, a bunch of really sort of interchangeable characters. Sure. Go to the prom. And I think it's really interesting the way that they each get killed off because the way this movie has been constructed, there's no reason for the killer to kill anyone except for the girl he's obsessed with. But it, why is he even trying to kill her? I thought he I loved think, her. Well, he wants her to come with him, and he's going to kill her if he can't get her, I think. Oh, okay. hurt the it's, a, it's a very her. complicated oh, pathology. The ones you shouldn't hurt at all. That's why I've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been hurting my girlfriend so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they're those corpses. Yep. But like, like the way the movie is structured is the killer hides in their hotel room, right? And they one by one go up to the room and he kills them. Yeah, it's like, like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, exactly. Like Except Costello less exciting. Sort of like, <laughs> setup. Like 
So are you suggesting one by that one, if one they go into the dark room like whoa? Thunk. <laughs> are you suggesting is that you, Abbott? That- <laughs> uh, you must have gone to this room. What? It's so dark in here. Thunk. Yeah. You know, so are you exactly. putting forward that video video renters or people who use Netflix or whatever should instead of renting this movie just go out and buy a Venus flytrap and watch that for <laughs> that? I guarantee minutes. will be more. Even if you don't have flies in the area or sea excited. monkeys. I mean, that doesn't. They don't kill anything, but they also be they more do if you train them. Than- <laughs> Those are guard sea monkeys, Elliot. Oh, those are different, yeah. Yeah, so Except, people get I was killed. thinking of military trained monkeys that wear flippers and, and <laughs> dive with Navy SEALs and everything. Work with Navy frogmen. Yeah, you, were, you were thinking of the 96 Sea Monkeys unit. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that I really loved about this movie, in addition to the complete lack of gore, because, yeah, that was, was a PG 13 horror movie. This was like, well, this well was like, it was unrated. The DVD box said unrated. Said unrated. Right? But yeah. they, by unrated, they meant like it wasn't gruesome enough to get a rating. Like it didn't even get a G rating. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but it's like a horror movie that like Howie Mandel directed. Like he was afraid of getting his hands dirty the whole time. <laughs> like Little Monsters? Wait, he didn't direct <laughs> he that. He didn't write that, but he's in it. He, he should have. Yeah. All I remember about Little Monsters is uh, the monster pees into something and pretends it's apple juice. Yeah, and they give it to the like the cat food the for bully. tuna fish. Is there yeah. a scene in that where like like a something pulls Fred Savage's pants down or something like that? I Probably, remember yeah. as a kid seeing that in a commercial and being like, "That's inappropriate." Yeah, no, that movie. I watched it growing up on HBO. And I'm like, this is like even as a kid. I'm like, this is a deeply perverse children's. Yeah, film. there's a lot of. This is a dirty feeling. <laughs> I, I watched that movie on VHS as a kid, and I was like, why wasn't this released in theaters? That's right. <laughs> Monsters like living in garbage pail kids movie. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's its own horrible thing. <laughs> in addition to complete lack of gore, which I think I've mentioned a couple times, is, uh, is, the, is the police work. Um, luckily, oh, the police work is oh, really abysmal. Yeah. As they say in the making of, they combine so many different genres, as he says. Because <laughs> uh, genres rounds with a hard J sound, apparently. It, that it's, it's a police procedural. It's a killer on the loose movie. It's a teen movie. And as a police procedural, it fails on every level because the police have no procedure. <laughs> it's just kind of like, eh, I guess, well, there's a killer on the loose. I guess we'll hang around a while. Well, they learned that the guy escaped. They learned that the guy escaped like three days before prom or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And they don't. But they were so caught up in prom madness to really worry about it. <laughs> and then their solution is like, okay, this guy's probably going to track down this girl. We're going to go to prom. We're not going to reveal our presence at prom. And we're, we're going to watch from the sidelines. We're going to hang around. I think what really what happened is that he didn't get to go to prom when he was a kid. So <laughs> he he like, I'm going to stop this killer. And then he saw prom was going on. He was like. You know, I never had the things. What a magical had. time! So this is what prom is like. <laughs> you know, yeah, it just I became. I feel like a prince. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the I think part of it though was after they found out everybody had already left for prom, so he went and talked to the girl's aunt and uncle, who the girl was living with. Donna, I believe, was the character. Yeah, the aunt and, dropped um, a big plate because she was so horrified. Yeah, which the, the, who called that? Was that you, Dan? Dan called I did. That. Good job. Oh, um, and then he was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, this killer's probably on the loose. He's probably going to go kill Donna." They're like, "I don't know if we should interrupt prom." I mean. <laughs> A big time yeah, in the yeah, there's a conversation life. between the aunt and uncle later where the aunt is like, "You're the one who didn't want her to, didn't think we should take get take her back home." And I don't remember what his rationale was for was, but it was something like, "Well, it's prom night." Yeah. Also, uh, I just want to point out memories the, last forever. The aunt, <laughs> played by the coach, this night will be with her as long as she lives. Sister on Friday Night Lights, and the two cops are characters from The Wire, uh, Stringer Bell and Ziggy. So, yep. So there's a whole Friday Night Lights, The Wire thing going on here. 
But I would recommend that you watch those two television programs well, rather than watch. It means as night. bad as this movie is, the people who made it have good taste in television. Yeah, they're, sure. they're like, oh, these are fine actors. Maybe they'll elevate this. Um, the same script. way where even if I was making like a bikini car wash type movie, I would hire a lot of actors that I like, uh, you know, from old television shows and stuff. To give right. him to give him work. Well, I really like, like Bikini Carol. Kevin O'Rourke from Remember <laughs> When. I've got a role for you. Come on down. You know, but Todd Barry. You know, I'd love to have you in this. And he's not really a TV actor, but you know. So, but the cops, um, Stringer Bell and Ziggy, the cops, they go to prom. <laughs> they hang out. They lurk. They don't tell anyone. They look creepy. They look creepy. They're two adults yeah. hanging around prom just watching. Although, they arguably, their- the one adult looks about the same age as the kids, except he has a mustache. <laughs> he has the beginnings of a mustache. <laughs> so okay. they keep their eye on like the main girl until one point when like Ziggy comes in. And he's like, oh, there's something in the parking lot you got to see. And they go out and they, they, find, they look at a corpse in the, in the trunk of a car. Of the killer's car, I assume. Yeah, and that's when the girl leaves. And I'm like, can't. The guy just tell him, I was like, oh, there, I found a corpse in the car. Someone's definitely here. Now's the time to remove this girl from prom. He, he was waiting to get a really good picture of the guy's reaction for like <laughs> some kind of a police bloopers. <laughs> for, the, for the holiday party. He was really trying to get him to do a spit oh, take or now something. Now we got to paste this on your locker. <laughs> He's like, I put a delicious banana split for you in the strong If I could tell a brief, a brief story sure. about uh, policemen's lockers. I remember as a Cub Scout going on a tour of the local police station and the police officer is showing us around the the building and everything and he takes us to the locker room and opens up his locker to show us his gear and inside there's a polaroid of him sitting in a chair and a stripper hanging her naked <laughs> boobs over his head and he was and i just i remember him turning to like trying to ignore that it was there and then turning to the den mother who had brought us on this storm being like that was a bachelor party for one of the other policemen uh, you know <laughs> I like that he turns to her. She, he explains to her. He's ignoring the fact that you're <laughs> that we you're can there. all see it. <laughs> I feel like I need to apologize to you, <laughs> the adults. But I'm so not covering it up. I mean, yeah, that's that's an awesome story. Thank but that you. didn't happen in this movie, sadly. No, I haven't no. thought about that experience in probably eleven years. So you know, <laughs> Flophouse brings memory back. It does. Yeah, it's so, like it's like this is my remembrance of things past. <laughs> prom exactly. night is my, you know, whatever is a Madeline. Yeah. So, prom night. Um, oh, but so the police are te- so they stand around and look in the body in the trunk for about thirty minutes, and sure. then ki- the killer kills people, and Donna gets something, and then he's chasing the the one the one girl. Um, I, I I hate to just like keep identifying her by race, Lisa. But the thing is, Lisa's like, her name. They have you can remember her because the African American girl in this had the same name, Lisa, as the African American character in Saved by the Bell. Played, yeah. by, played by Lark Voorhees. Sure. So Lisa, like... I assume her last name was Turtle, just like Lisa Turtle in Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I watched a bunch of uh, Saved by the Bell at college years while I was on my vacation recently. <laughs> Not as good. No. And that's saying something, considering Saved by the Bell is a terrible show. <laughs> well, yeah, we can agree to disagree. Let's go on. <laughs> but Lisa runs off. She She realizes who the guy is, and she runs off, and she gets attacked by him. And she runs, as Stuart alluded to earlier, she runs into an area of the hotel that is just exposed uh, wooden beams and plastic sheeting. And, I mean, this is some like sort a of luxury hotel. Some sort of lighting that kind of fades on and off. Yeah, and... apparently they're not finished building it, and they haven't blocked off that part yeah, of the hotel. Yeah, it's easily accessible and, for the patrons. And there were no deleted scenes on the DVD about how the hotel was having trouble finishing construction. Yeah. Basically, she just the killer just was like... 
I'm going to chase you into the spooky area of the hotel <laughs> where there's doves. The best part of that is he chases her in the, into the spooky area, and then her boyfriend, who's looking for her, the elevator doors open <laughs> at an area of the hotel that people sh- patrons should be allowed in that they happen to be in, and there's no reason he should know they're in there, and, go, and goes, Lisa! Lisa? Yeah, she's not here, and the doors close, and then she go, and he goes somewhere else. Like, yeah, stupid. well, and that's for that moment where she's like, "Should I call out?" But if I do, I might get stabbed by the killer. Like that, it was that tension they were looking yeah. for, and frankly, they achieved it. I got to tell you, the killer—the one time that he didn't prove himself to me was when he's chasing her down the stairs, and her shoe broke, and she fell down. That was unfair. He yeah. had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Maybe maybe he did have something to do with it. Maybe he cut like out. maybe he well, cut her the her while heel. While she was a making bit. out with her boyfriend, he was just slicing <laughs> right, away right slightly away at the heel. heel with his magic knife that he uses to do everything with. Yep. So, but anyway, they, once they realize that people are getting killed, finally, finally, the cops spring. Into where did he get? Where did he get that knife? By the way, he used. He had it when he was in the like insane asylum. Yeah, he he must have smuggled it in in his rectum or did something. Did he make it? I like to think he that was. Look. That looked like a Leatherman professional knife. Like, I don't that know. Was... He's he's pretty adept at doing things. Yeah. He, was, he was a high school teacher. <laughs> you're saying he did teach a knife making class. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that this is like Rambo, and each time he goes out on a mission, he makes a new knife for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no. But finally, the uh, cops spring into action. They they um <laughs> the cops lurch <laughs> lurch slightly slightly into action. Well, yeah. they, they call a bunch of guys with mustaches and SWAT gear from <laughs> the next town over. They evacuate. I like the to believe hotel. that they're just guys in, who are at a costume party dressed as SWAT guys. Yeah. <laughs> they go. They take the girl away. They send one cop with her, and they don't take the girl to the police precinct. They allow her to go home. They take her home, and then the and then the cop who's supposed to be keeping the house secure sits in his car while everyone else is in the house, and he just keeps rubbing his ear and like you know and the other cop calls him and is like you got to check in on them no the area is secure check in on them and you kind of get the idea that in previous cases this guy has refused to get out of his car like he knows that it's a habit of his to just sit in his car not doing anything it's a nice car it's got heated seats he's got one of those beaded things that massage you yeah. when you drive he's cup a, holder he's got a psp <laughs> In the car? Like yeah. Built into the car? Yeah, well, no, he brought it. It's in the glove box, and he pulls it out and plays whatever video games kids play nowadays. Or cops. A bubble cops bobble, play. I think. <laughs> sure, bubble. yep. Sure. Bionic Commando. Yeah. <laughs> dig Dug. River City They're all playing. Dig yeah. <laughs> uh, They're all so playing yeah, a boy that. in his blob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maniac Mansion. Let's name some more. Maybe sure. Really, okay. <laughs> Kazar. Uh, Mega Man X2. <laughs> so the thing is, like, I think the reason he stayed in his car is because Marvel. Ma- oh, he said Marvel. There were there were at least like four Man or five uh, scenes where somebody's like, "Hey, hey, buddy, friend," and walk over to the person like, "Are you asleep?" Lift up the person's head. Oh my God! Their neck slashed. I kept thinking of this of the the trailer that Eli Roth made for Grindhouse for yeah, the, the Thanksgiving movie, movie, where like she's kissing the guy and it's just a head <laughs> and the body and or, and she she goes down on another guy and she looks up and his head falls off. Like it was that kind of thing. Where like it was ridiculous. There's no way that like first of all, I, I would imagine a neck wound would bleed a lot. Like I haven't seen anybody who's had their neck right. slashed. Uh, There's a thing called arterial it's, spray. It's though one of the major. Yeah. Uh, arteries in your body yeah so a lot of blood would get yeah. everywhere like i don't think it would be like just artful like hey let's spray a little blood here <laughs> it would yeah. be like all over the place 
Well, he he soaks his <laughs> knife in li- liquid nitrogen before cutting people with he, it. He he soaks his knife in a uh, coagulant <laughs> so that the people clot almost instantly. He's it's kind uh, of like a lightsaber. He's though. sort of in like an OCD. <laughs> yeah, kind it, of, it uh, cauterizes. Cauterizes thing. I couldn't remember the word. Nice professional writer. Uh, Can't remember the word cauterize. Pierce Stewart cauterize. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Daily Show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All of our cauterization jokes. I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are a lot of scenes where people don't realize there's a dead body. She's hiding under a bed at one point as the killer looks for her, and she's under the bed for about two minutes, and then looks over and notices there's a dead body centimeters away from her. Yep. Yeah. Like looking at her. I don't know about you guys, but every time I duck under a bed when I'm avoiding a killer, I check pretty clearly if yeah. there's another killer down. Because you there. want room to stretch out. <laughs> yeah. And you want to make sure there. there for a while. Yeah, you want to make sure there isn't like a, a killer's like evil twin down there too. You don't. You like, want to make sure it's not like basket case and the killer's like you know Siamese twin brother who's t- a tiny gremlin. Down there. <laughs> yeah, like a little ghouly. I also want to make <laughs> that, sure there that's aren't... also why I check my toilet every time before I sit down. <laughs> in case It'll get you in the end. Yeah, uh... <laughs> the poster. You know, it's also me why I check under the skirts of women with poodle skirts and uh, fishnet stockings to make sure a munchie isn't down there. <laughs> but frankly. Um, I uh, I also check down there to make sure there aren't a shitload of like gross spiders and stuff. Because if there's a killer chasing me, the last thing I want is to be bit by a gross spider. Well, but you saw that hotel; it was super clean. Yeah. yeah. And when was the last time you've been in a hotel where you can actually climb under the bed? That's true. That's, That's true. true. Not all. Not recently. But anyway, speaking of the hotel, while they're at home with one guy on the girl, <laughs> uh, Stringer Bell realizes, "Oh, look, there's blood up here in the air vent." <laughs> He uh, stuffed a body in the air vent, and he switched out the hotel, you know, uniform, and he escaped when everyone was evacuating. You know, I think that number one, he might have checked the people that were being evacuated. He might like no, they just let them. everyone rush out in a big nope. crowd. Yeah, but number two, the guy escaped from the mental institution through an air vent, so and air wearing somebody else's clothes. Yeah. So the other thing is like, yeah, I mean, like the guy just left. Like if if he let the guy walk by him. What was he expecting the killer to look like? Was he like? He thought he had a beard and a lot of crazy and hair, like a lot of blood on, like on a knife. Like, <laughs> well, listen, we all know what killers look like. They're wearing hockey masks and they've got big machetes and a <laughs> ton of blood on them. Or Freddy Krueger faces. I, I like you the idea. Just get rid of a beard. At the police academy, like, how do you how do you identify a killer? Well, let's take a look. <laughs> okay. He's gonna have either crazy hair or a crazy beard. Maybe if he's got blood all over him, that's a good clue. And if not, then he's not a killer. I'm so, imagining like a Hogan's Alley type situation where like cardboard cutouts flip around. You're like, baby, woman with a baby, normal person, killer with a beard. Yeah. And then it says, what if that's a killer without a beard? No such thing. Correct. You passed. 100%. You're, you're now an honorary sheriff. Now you're in Hero Squad. Yeah. Well, here's your machine gun. That would be the best TV Hero show. Squad. Hero Squad. They're the cops who break with the rules because the... they have to. Hero Squad with Stryker and Hicks. Hero Squad. Stryker and Hicks. Hero Squad. Not really police. They just do stuff. And yeah. their Native American tracker, Steel Wolf. <laughs> Steel and Wolf. Hunter Darkblade. Dark Claw. Blood Iron. <laughs> Sleek Shadow. Storm, Storm Striker. <laughs> they have a whoa. Is Storm Striker related to Detective Striker? Yeah, they're brothers. Oh, okay, but Storm, like blood brothers. Storm right? Striker is actually a weatherman. Oh, nice. He didn't go into the police force. Nice. So, how many of those guys were Native American trackers? <laughs> oh, almost all of them. 
<laughs> nice, but they're bringing their yeah. expertise to like a more urban environment. <laughs> well, you know, now they got they left the reservation. There wasn't a lot of future for them there. They took construction work, uh, and now they're in the police yeah. force. They can follow, They can read like uh, pigeon droppings. <laughs> they, they're the only ones who can track the wolfen that are at large in the city. So, oh man, so many wolfen in New York. Ever, well, I mean, they went down briefly when Giuliani was mayor, but now they're back. Yeah, the wolfen and the chuds, man. Anyway, <laughs> but at the end, um, there's an exciting confrontation. Oh wait, no, there's not. The uh, <laughs> it's incredibly anticlimactic. Uh, the girl kicks him twice. That's right. This is and another then one of those Bell things shoots him. where it's like she kicks him in the face really hard, like three times. Yeah, and it, it it's, it's uh, where did and she learn to do this? And they had a really good meat slapping sound effect, like a fucking Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> like, where'd you learn to kick? And second of all, have you ever kicked somebody's head with your shoe off? It hurts like a bitch. Like, even if you have a lot of adrenaline going through, well, probably she's she's probably got calluses all over her feet from cheerleading practice or something. That's true, and from running to hide under beds. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd uh, they'd explored that area of her personality a little more. Like they showed, like her growing up. Since it'd be interesting, three like years you ago, show like, her constantly hiding under bed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she she goes to sleep under a bed because it's the only place she feels safe. Absolutely, you know? that's where she eats dinner, <laughs> goes to school. Sure, goes she to takes school. a bed into school with her and lies underneath it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That'd be awkward, but I bet she could do it. You'd really think that I she been would. To school nowadays, but. You know what you'd think is that her the uh, homework assignment under the bed. <laughs> sure. You'd think that the teacher at the school went crazy, killed her family. You'd think she would leave town and Probably, go to another school system. I would. If if a teacher got really obsessed with me sexually and then killed my entire family, I'd probably go to a different town. Yeah. Yeah. But I would still be really excited about it. Maybe you'd even change your name. I don't know. <laughs> nope. No. I would remain Striker Steelwood. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Well, let's your birth name, <laughs> Doctor Inferno Fireburns. <laughs> let's wrap it up because there's really not that much about this movie to talk about. Uh, uh, we should just get on to our magma final, hot steel. Final judgments. Dan's favorite mean man, Cruelsome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the villain though. <laughs> oh wait a minute! What if? I, oh my God! I've been making the wrong movie. I gotta get out of here. Change my name to Punch Slab Rock Fist. <laughs> yep. Okay, so wait, final judgments? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Is this a good, bad movie, bad, bad movie, or a movie that uh, you actually genuinely like? You know, I think a lot like the movie, this uh, our final judgments are going to be a complete switcheroonie from what we've been talking about the whole time. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not lying. It's not very good. It's a bad movie. I would never watch this again. Yeah, I was saying during the um, during the movie, it's like one of those pictures... Made up of a lot of pictures, not like those those like collage pictures, not like the Truman Show poster, but one of those pictures where it's like we've taken one hundred photographs of a person and merged them. I've never to, seen one to of create those. like like an average photo of of like the features, and this is sort of that the version of that. With like we took a a hundred slasher films. And we've merged them, so only the blandest version. Only of the, the similarities film. appear. Yeah. yeah. Wait, where do you see these types of pictures? Oh, you know. The internet. He's got a prescription. Okay. He's got a subscription to Crazy Picture Magazine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the craziest pictures every month that's a, in that's your a, mailbox. I thought that was a weekly. That's Goofy Photo Weekly. <laughs> okay, so that's two bad bad movies. And okay. I'm gonna say, shockingly, as you as you said, uh, it's a bad bad movie. As I what I what I said while we were watching is it felt like an outline for a movie. First, there's the scene with the killer. Then there's the scene with the therapist where we explain what happened. Then it's prom time. There's a scene where they're getting ready for prom. Then they're on the way to prom. Like, 
there was no connective tissue and there was no fleshing out. It was just like the the points you had to hit to tell this terrible story. I will say a lot of the scenes were lit well. I don't know <laughs> I mean, who did the lighting, but it was well lit a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. yeah, and good casting of the minor characters. Yeah. The minor character, and that's major the major characters. It was like at times it felt like they were like, well, we're making this this by the numbers slasher film. Maybe we'll have Robert Altman cast the side <laughs> characters and create their backstories because there was it's like. Just that, just that, like lesbian gym teacher was so much more interesting. Even though she's in, she has about forty seconds on screen than Donna. You know, if this movie had just been a movie where the police are really bad at their jobs, I might have liked it. I mean, I it would have been Armed and Dangerous, I, or I liked Lethal Weapon Two. You know, um, or Loaded Weapon One. Or, or Loaded <laughs> Weapon One. Yeah, absolutely. Or Nine and a Half Ninjas. <laughs> or Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> Any of these movies. Three Ninjas. Three <laughs> Ninjas, nice. Uh, Kickback. <laughs> sidekicks? <laughs> yes. Sidekicks. Chuck Norris. Oh, man. Now we're now we're probably going to be able to be Googled now since we mentioned Chuck Norris. Yeah, he's that's pretty, true. He's pretty hilarious. I, he's lost his internet. cred now now that, now that he's a, everyone knows he's a Huckabee conservative type. Okay. But anyway, you were saying, if it was just about incompetent police... I probably would have liked it, but it was also not very interesting or anything else. It was very boring. It was not 10,000 B.C. boring. Yeah. No, of course not. I think that would be unfair. I think Let's the 10,000 B.C. has been the uh, nadir of the... Uh, that is the dullest movie of the program we have watched. Far. Yeah, it was, that was really bad. Even One Missed Call was better than that. Oh, yeah. That's just the song. The song the bear plays. <laughs> On that note, uh, on that happy note, let's move tooths. on. Uh, <laughs> Spear tooths. Manix. <laughs> he took down a manic all by himself. Before we get into our recommendations, I have a few announcements to make. You sound so excited. Yeah. <sighs> you know me. I'm, I'm filled with joy. What you guys life. don't know is that every time we do one of these, Dan is drinking out of a bottle of gin. <laughs> and so if it sounds like his energy is flagging by the end, it's because he's just thinking about the, the people he's wronged. <laughs> Their faces swimming before him. Yep, he keeps picking up a photo of his lost love and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down. I think her name was Angela. Look, I'm sorry if you guys find that distracting. <laughs> anyway, um, I bet some of you, not all of you, but a couple of you were uh, wondering about the Flophouse contest since we haven't uh, mentioned anything about it since we mentioned the winner. Uh, Judy, the winner of the Flophouse contest, you may remember her as the person who put uh, delightful temporary tattoos all over her body. Wait, those were temporary? Mm. I think we should revoke her uh, <laughs> her victory. Uh, she <laughs> is apparently moving away. That's, uh, too bad. That's too bad. So we probably can't have her on the show. However, I want to keep the option open. I want to keep the invite open because honestly... She was such so far ahead. She earned it. She was the best uh, entry by far. But however, she was. It was way better than my entry. Yeah. Yeah. Yours was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a dead bird. You handed me a dead bird. <laughs> oh, well, I, you have a cat. I figured you would. It would. You would remind you of your cat, and you'd like it. No. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So if Judy ever wants to come and watch a movie, I didn't even kill that. You're bird. invited. I just yeah. Judy. It. However, the other contest we have running. The Uva Bowl contest. That's how you pronounce that. That is how you, you weren't here for the uh, the last episode when we talked about this. Wait a minute, you guys did one without me. Yeah. Um, What'd you watch? <laughs> Wild hogs. Uh, anyway, Wild so, hogs. You know. Okay. Well, I was an extra in that movie, so I'm not allowed to actually talk about it in the podcast. <laughs> so it's okay. You guys did it without me. Yeah. Were you an extra in the scene 
where they were at the chili festival or whatever, or were you an extra Absolutely. in the scene where chili festival. where they were skinny dipping and the family came along? No, I, I just watched that scene uh, <laughs> when I watched it at home last night on Laserdisc. <laughs> Limited edition pressing one of one of the Wild Hogs Laserdisc. But anyway, um, we have a winner for the uh, cast, uh, create and cast an Uvable film contest. I just want to read it. Okay. Uh, this is for Wolfenstein 3D mm, colon that's a good choice. the movie slash 3D. <laughs> um, we've got here former LA Raiders superstar and CBS personality Howie Long. Nice. As allied spy William B.J. Blaskowitz. Did you guys ever did you guys ever read Wizard Magazine, The Guide to Comics? <laughs> yeah, where they, they, all, they were really pushing the idea of Howie Long playing Venom slash Eddie Brock in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And I don't know why they... Really thought that through. he was so so well, good. He was at. so charming in those uh, those ads with Terry Hatcher. That this they, was way uh, before that. This was when he was, was making that, that firefighter one? movie. Yeah, it was uh, uh, like fireproof or flamestorm <laughs> <laughs> or flame axe fire. Ultimate flamestorm. Flame. The other thing was uh, heart back, fire. Then back during and Wizard still has that column, by the way. Not that I looked. I haven't read magazine. that magazine in years. <laughs> I looked through. It was in my friend's car one time. I was looking through it, <laughs> but like the, the and for a long time, up until pretty much the release they were pushing for glenn danzig to be wolverine yeah they were really big on that that was weird they're big on people who don't have acting careers playing yeah. characters well i think that i being comics like people first of all i think that they may be like just focused on the look maybe like, this person can capture the, the look I mean, of the comic yeah like yeah but can they perform can they actually uh, they, they got the goods yeah the acting chops well anyway, let me <laughs> let me get through this uh this winning entry, though. Um, okay, drop it on us. Amanda, so far, it's good. Amanda yeah. Pete is Nazi prison commandant Isla Bronsteiner, That's who good. secretly loves the strange American spy. At the beginning of the movie's last act, she eats the poison sausage, the Fuhrer intended for Blaskowitz. <laughs> we got uh, Alec Baldwin as cyborg Adolf Hitler. I don't know about that casting. Thora Birch <laughs> as, as cyborg Eva Braun. Who do you who do you look at for Cyborg? Uh... Cyborg Adolf Hitler. I mean, my go-to is Wallace Shawn, and I think he might be good at that. But uh, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Rango Cyborg Star. Adolf. Oh, oh, Sheila Buff. Cyborg Adolf Hitler. Okay. There you go. Done. Rango Star and Zach Galifianakis as uh, Nazi prisoners Lieutenant Smith Smitty and Lieutenant Frenchie. Respectively, just to see the two of them on screen together. Yeah, yeah. chemistry, explosive. <laughs> um, Jamie Kennedy is head prison guard Hans Gross, uh, who BJ beats to death with a bust of Hitler. Later, when he and uh, Isla j- jog past the body, she exclaims, "Mein Gott, it's Gross!" BJ shrugs and mutters, "Baby, I've seen grosser things." <laughs> Isla rose, rolls her eyes along with a musical sting by an accordion. <laughs> And uh, lastly, Christopher Lloyd as President Franklin D. Roosevelt. I want so. this movie made for that because Christopher Lloyd doesn't do enough work. Yeah. So that's Colin from Portland, Oregon. What uh, about Suburban Commando? I didn't say he made no movies ever in history. I said he doesn't do enough work. <laughs> anyway. Wait, when it's... Okay. Colin. <laughs> I didn't say that actor's never been featured in a film before. <laughs> I don't know who Suburban, that is. Suburban Commando is like 14 years old. <laughs> but... I just saw that in the movie theater yesterday. <laughs> Colin, you should uh, write with your um, full address to uh, the Flophouse Podcast at gmail.com so we can send your award, your your prize. Hey, what's his prize? To you. Uh, it's it's season one of Rocky and Bullwinkle because that's a DVD I own and am getting rid of. Don't don't 
pull back the curtain too much. Yeah, and on, uh, a signed copy of Wild Hogs, signed by all of us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The actual Wait. copy we used for the show. That that's a piece. We could have sent do. that to the Smithsonian, but instead yeah. you're going to get it, Colin. Yeah. You can frame that. Or you can do, or you can throw it. Or out. you can you watch it. It's yours. <laughs> it's now your property. <laughs> You're responsible for it. Listen, you legally can do anything. You're actually legally required to take it. I don't want it anymore. So there you go. Maybe, also, you know what? I'll, maybe I'll throw something in too. Yeah. I don't know what yet, but okay. Expect guy, expect something else along the with daily it. shows. Yeah. So, so expect some sort of crap. Hang on, some sort of swag. Um, I threw out a lot of daily show promotional stuff that I should have kept from 2004. That. He, Colin, I liked. Okay, you, stop, stop with the mouth. Um, <laughs> and, uh, hey, Sarah Schaefer had to plug something while she was on the show, so let me just plug something, because it's been a while since I've been in a uh, live show, but uh, if you live in the New York area, you can come see me in a show called Shameful Display Presents You, Your World, and You, which is a political sketch comedy show, and it's going to be October 19, 26, and... That's those are two dates, not nineteen twenty six a year. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, let me get my time 26. machine, Dan. <laughs> and uh, ho hum, November. Maybe after the show, we can go down to the store club and hang out with Zelda and F. Scott. <laughs> and November two and nine at nine thirty at the Magnet Theater. Uh, that's at uh, magnettheater.com if you want to look it up. And it's a swing, mere five dollars. Swing by the Magnet Theater and see the show. Then over to the Cotton Club. Yeah. The, See the, the Duke Ellington Orchestra. If you're like, what's this douche look like in real life? Dinner at Del Frisco is with Meyer Lansky. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Played by uh, played by Patrick Dempsey in the movie <laughs> Mobsters. Anyone else? Played have any? to a T, might I add. <laughs> then it's off to Paris with Ernest and Gertrude. Anyone else have any plugs before we move on? I mean, I always have plenty of stuff to plug, but I won't get into it. All right. I'm not allowed to plug. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Stuart doesn't understand the concept of plugging things. <laughs> So, all right, let's move on to uh, our recommendations, movies we actually like, because it is Shocktober here at the Parkhouse. <laughs> 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 chains rattling, chains rattling. <laughs> <laughs> We're recommending <laughs> horror films. <laughs> so, uh, Ring around the rose. <laughs> We are angering our fans. Sound of spiders. <laughs> Let me take out my Fright Sounds Volume 4 <laughs> tape from the cassette player. Okay, Dan, continue. Uh, well, no, uh, oh, oh, anyway, yes. We're doing horror movie recommendations. And just to stop you guys from making Fright Sounds, <laughs> uh, let me go first. Uh, I would like to recommend uh, The Signal. It's a film, um, I believe it came out last year. It's about a, a mysterious signal. That uh, is broadcast over the radio and television, and it makes everyone very aggressive, makes them paranoid. It's sort of people are still, you know, rational in the sense that they think that they're making sense, but they, um, but their perception is altered so that they uh, attack people in ways uh, because they're 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 hallucinating and such and such. And it's split into three sections. It was actually directed by three different people, and it has kind of an overarching story. But each segment has a different tone. Like the first one's sort of like a zombie movie. The second one is like a horror comedy, like a black comedy. And the third one is kind of a psychological thriller. And uh, it's good. I recommend it. Keep it short. Mm. I am, uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't recommend this last time I was on, but I was pretty drunk, so I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I would like to recommend uh, a British film called The Cottage. 
Uh, I don't know if you can see it over here in uh, the old United States yet, um, but it's uh, it stars uh, Andy Serkis, who played Gollum, and uh, Reese Shearsmith from The League of Gentlemen. And the premise is that a pair of kind of bumbling guys, a pair of bumbling brothers, end up, end up kidnapping the daughter of a mob boss, and they take her to this cottage out in the woods. Un- unknown to them, they've actually stumbled into the predatory grounds of a like a hillbilly cannibal murderer guy. And uh, stuff gets killed. It's good. It's a horror comedy. I'd watch it. I, uh, I, I met comedy. Andy Serkis once. He's a very hairy man. Very short and yeah. very hairy. That's and, what I have to say about that. Hell yeah. All right. Um, I'm, well, my the scary movie I'll recommend is one... Uh, I'm going to pick an old movie because that's what I do. If anyone hasn't seen the movie The Old Dark House, which was one that James Whale made right after Frankenstein, but before Bride of Frankenstein. I think that I, I think I think that's the timeline of it, and it is the classic story of a couple had their car breaks down on a rainy night. They're near an old dark house, and there is a creepy family living in the house. And it's there's nothing supernatural in the movie. It's just creepy stuff. This the an insane brother, insane sister. They're both very creepy. They have another brother who they've locked upstairs because he's too dangerous to let out. Boris Karloff, Karloff is their disgruntled butler who drinks and gets violent. It's just very. Uh, in, kind of insane in a way 30s movies are sometimes. Uh, and also I'm going to recommend, even though it's Shocktober and this is not a scary movie, uh, a movie I just finished watching this morning called Ooh. The Friends of Eddie Coyle with Robert Mitchum and uh, Peter Boyle. Oh, and Alex Rocco, which is a really good uh, crime thriller from the 70s about kind of criminals who are career criminals and don't like doing this anymore because it's not a great way to make a living, <clears throat> but they kind of have to live with the, with the consequences of cho- of having this life, and Robert Mitchum is really good in it. Yeah. It has a very inappropriate score, though. It's kind of like guys hanging out in seedy bars a lot and kind of dealing with the unhappiness of where their life is now that they're not young, but they're still involved in crime, but the soundtrack is like, wow, wow, now, 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 like very seventies, but like the night court theme. <laughs> no, that's do 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 do. Yeah, but this is more of a guitar sound, less of a bass guitar sound. You're listening to mouth instruments. Yeah, they. Oh, Bobby McFerrin just walked in. Oh man. Goodbye, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like an old time radio show. <laughs> oh, I... put your things down by the fire. Crinkle, 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 <laughs> crinkle, crinkle. That Foley artist. You think that saying words is the same <laughs> as having sound effects? I'm kind of an onomatopoeia type guy. All right. Well, this has been a fun night. I uh, I learned <laughs> nothing. Those. Nothing takes the fun out of a night like stating it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> nothing deflates a room than that. <laughs> Yeah, so we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. Okay, cool. Good night, everyone. I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Ellie Kalen for the foreseeable future. See ya. Bye. <laughs>